Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. how gifts are things that we enjoy and seem to really relish at a whole different level than the things that we purchase, things that we earn. And yet for some reason, like within the spiritual world, we're so petrified of the gift of grace and the gift of faith in exchange for what we can earn. Yeah. And when you see sin in those terms, I don't even know what to call it, dude. All this like sin management on the behavioral level instead of yeah. like the inherent self-sabotaging piece of my heart that just like wants to be God and doesn't want to trust that you cannot fix. Yep. That the only the only thing that can turn it, turn that crooked arrow upward is just the announcement of the constant announcement of the goodness of God. Yeah, buddy. Well, that's our conversation today, man. It is our conversation today. We like, I, there it is. I'm, there I'm it is. Put, that, that, so there you go. Most of you never get some of the like pre-show conversation, but I'm just going to take that right there. I'm throwing it in the recording. Welcome to the Lark cast. Um, you already know who you're rocking with, Tony and Russ, helping you to learn to live loved. We're going through the gospel of John, and there you go. It's juicy conversations like that yep. um, that happen pre-show all the time, and then we usually hit the button and, and try to make it out, but you got a little little glimpse behind the, behind the yeah. scenes there. It's the conversations that begin with that same noise. <laughs> And if you uh, see, I that's, wasn't gonna put, I wasn't gonna put that. I wasn't gonna put that part in it. But I bet Russ at the beginning in the other pre-show that he wouldn't drink whiskey straight from the bottle. Um, and of course, whenever you challenge Russ um, on something, he will he will prove you wrong. So it's it's a sinful thing, but it's true. I think I, I, think I owe you twenty. <laughs> I think I owe you twenty bucks. You do. <laughs> I do owe you 20 bucks. All right. So jumping in, um, John three, we're continuing. If you know, you've been, uh, listening, um, we've repented. We've changed our ways. Just a couple of dudes that used to do hour and a half podcasts every other week are doing 30 minute podcasts every week. And, uh, we're going through the gospel of John. We're in chapter three. Um, last week was John three sixteen, the most famous passage in all the scriptures. You said Austin three sixteen. No, we said John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. Yada yada yada, and um, we're just plugging along here. So John chapter three, verse twenty five. I'm just gonna dive in and get into it, man. Sound good? Let's roll. Let's all do right, it. Cool. So now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. So this is John the Baptist. We're in the gospel of John. That's John, the apostle, the one whom Jesus loved. He had a really close relationship with the John who's writing this. 
the focus so far in the in John's gospel has been John the Baptist, who was Jesus' cousin, and his mission was to pave the way, to testify to the light, to mm-hmm. make straight the the path of the Lord, uh, the way of the Lord. Make sure everybody knew this is the dude right here. Focus on this guy. I'm not even fit to tie this guy's shoes. So this, this is, is John the, the Baptist here. He gets into a discussion with a Jew over some religious piece of whatever. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, that's Jesus, to whom you bore witness, look, he's baptizing and all are going to him. In short, dude, your crowd and influence is shrinking and the crowd and influence of Jesus is growing, right? Look, aren't you bummed about that? Aren't you pissed about that? Are you are you discouraged about that? And John's answer in 27 is it's so fantastic. He says, John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. <laughs> I love that. Mm. 28. You yourselves bear witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom, John's referring to himself, the friend of the most important dude in the room at a wedding, the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, in light of this news, in light of this shifting of power, the shifting of numbers and influence, the joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. Mm. And it's like, they're like, bro, your crowd shrinking, your numbers are going down. They're looking at the weekly Sunday service report. They're looking yep. at, they're looking at tithes. They're looking at influence. They're looking they're, dude, they're counting YouTube views, comments, likes on Facebook. All the analytics are going down, John, for you. And all the analytics for Jesus are going straight through the roof. Aren't you bummed out about that? His answer is like, dude, not one thing in this world, dude, not one thing in this life you or I can receive unless it's given to him from heaven. Translation, all is grace. All of life is a gift. Oh, you thought this was me earning something, working at something. You thought this somehow pointed to me or has to do with me at all. No, dude, everything you and I receive. In all of life, every breath, everything is given to us from heaven. It was all a lark. All a lark. Yep. Yep. He knows, dude. It's indiscriminate, inequitable, generosity, one-way love, gift of God, all of it. All of it. Me to you. I'm the giver. You're the receiver. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he knows, dude, John, the Baptist good, knows. he knows yeah. God's the creator. He knows he's the sustainer and reconciler of the entire human race or in his own words, in John's own words, in Jesus was life. And this life was the light of men. Yeah. He knows that there is no such thing as self-made men, boss babes. He knows all his grace, that life itself is only found in Jesus. Every breath is a gift, or as the brother of Jesus said later on, who he came to understand this after Jesus died and rose again, because most of Jesus' family did not believe in him while he was still alive. 
Do not be, do not be deceived. James says my beloved brothers, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights. Mm. And so he's watching, Mm. he's watching his crowd and influence shrink. Not only that, but people are like (laughs) telling him as if he doesn't already know. Like he shows up, he probably had yeah. like a every day and time. He like had a time he showed up and he's like, yeah, dude, like, I'm not getting, I'm not pulling the crowd I used to. And to make it worse, he's got a heckler like, hey, John, I don't <laughs> know if you noticed, bud, but uh, <laughs> your, your numbers are down a tad. <laughs> that one insecure dude in the crowd trying to be all confident who loves, absolutely loves telling people when they... <laughs> When they when they've fallen, when they're short, when they're struggling. Hey man, I'm trying to stick around at this church, but uh man, they're uh they're playing the hits over there, dude. Uh, you might need to rethink Bro, our, this uh, our numbers are down a little bit over here. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, I can't help. And I'm just gonna go all in on this, man. I can't help but think about the difference between this spirit led response of John in the midst of his fame and fortune depleting while Jesus is while, while, while the crowd around Jesus and what he is, you know, declaring is increasing. I can't help but look at that response and see my damn dude. That's all. That's way different than, than what's pretty typical in the church world. Oh Yeah. I mean, this whole phenomena here that John is experiencing is enough yeah. to cripple any ministry dude, any planter, any pastor. Yeah. Like, so this is the I, biggest fear. I got you. seven years, man, of doing, and I know you as well, seven years of doing ministry under Table Network, that banner of helping people step into the very way of Jesus in their everyday life, helping people be the church in and through friendships, passing on freedom through friendships, shared meals, very much a Jesus approach, no hype, no fame, no fortune, but beautiful, good, biblical, and very fitting to a world that's uninterested in what's become church. You work with churches, dude, over that seven-year period, and it was pretty astonishing to me how many would buck that. Because you're saying to them, like, look, I know there are people who want this institutional church that we've come up with over the years. We're not opposed to it. I get, you know, they want it. It's what they know. Amen. Fine. But could you release some people to go do what Jesus actually did in and among those that are outside and uninterested? Because you have this vast world outside that's never coming to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And all the while you would see some that would jump into this, but the vast majority would wrestle with it because at the end of the day, their crowd would shrink. To which case I was always like, yeah, I know your crowd will shrink, but Jesus's crowd will grow. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the freaking point? Isn't the whole point of this that people walk with Jesus? No, Russ. No. The whole point is that we get enough people so that we can build an addition on our building. And that money can go through the roof so that I can get a raise Ah. and I can be financially secure and keep doing this thing 
that this old lady in the youth group told me when I was growing up that I was made for. <laughs> Bro, like, what? Throwing that 16 year old prophecy I received <laughs> from Aunt Betty after a crusade night. You are going to do amazing things for God. Oh, bro. But seriously, man, like you look at this response and again, it's spirit led. I'm not like flying the flag for John here because we'll later see John completely forgets all these things at a moment in his life. Well, I mean, We're what, else is in, what else is included in everything we receive comes from above, including this response, including this understanding. Yes. I'm just rejoicing in that the spirit of God at work, you know, him receiving and responding with. Yeah. Yeah, man. I know my crowd's shrinking, but his crowd's growing and that. Mm -hmm is the point right that's the point right yep yeah dude yeah and i and i love it i love it um man i um i know i know the jealousy i know the pursuit i know the building of my own kingdom and my own thing thinking that somehow all of this points to me taking credit for the gift dude it's yeah. the pride of life man it is the pride of life and you can look at a myriad of issues in our own personal lives and our families and our communities and in the world of just not having the humility to receive that which comes from above but thinking that we're in control and we get to define and determine and take this into our own hands and you can ascribe that to a, a whole wide variety of things man yeah it's crazy yeah and so this I personally have heard about this i never dealt with it but i've heard yeah. about people <laughs> and so this next section is most likely john the apostle kind of commenting on this interaction between john the baptist and these jews because the way he responds and talks is kind of like the way um, John the Apostle, right? So it's most likely John the Apostle here in 31. He says, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. This is very much like it. This sounds exactly like John one. He came to his own and they did not receive him. The world did not receive him. The religious establishment didn't receive him, though he is the word of God face to face with the father, right? From eternity past, who has now become, become flesh. Yeah. And so he's saying here, man, he who comes from above is above all, right? And it just, I, I just have to bring this up because we all, we all love the greatest of all time conversation, the list, especially dudes. Like we'd like love to sit around and talk about like the greatest of all time. Oh, we love yeah. to chop Every it up. Category. We love to make fun of each other on it. I mean, you and I have been in lengthy, long text threads about the greatest of all time basketball player, right? Greatest QB, greatest hitter in baseball, greatest MC, greatest movie, greatest sequel. And that's all fine and dandy. We love talking about that. But man, until someone comes throws LeBron above, in there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he who comes from above is above all, man. Jesus is the goat, dude. He's the goat in terms of, of Paul and Ephesians. He's the firstborn. He's preeminent 
of mm-hmm. all the people that have ever walked this earth. Jesus is the goat. He comes from above. He does not come from earth, though he was flesh, 100% human. He comes from the father. And even though he is the greatest, even though he has this this story, this origin, this, this, this reality about him. What's crazy is that most still didn't receive his testimony. No. Most rejected him, even his own family. Yeah. Well, when what somebody is saying sheds light on your desire to be God in your ineptability to control you either embrace that because you're at a point of desperation and therefore rejoice that it was never about you nor on you, or you double down (laughs) on the myth that you got this. And so you have to deny or rebuke, right? Anybody who comes at you with a story that about life, in which case you're not essential. And going back to the last week's episode, um, we love the darkness and yeah. we're afraid of the light. And so the light of the world is coming to let us know what God is like. And there's that fear. Even, even the most curious, like Nicodemus, he has to come at night. There's something yeah. just, there's something just secure in our humanness about the darkness, right? And the light is. The light is scary. Initially, it is scary. And I wouldn't even say initially because even though it's scary because of our myth of who's on the other side of it. Yes. And the reality of who we really are. Yeah. But when you start to see who we really are, it's not pretty, bro. It's not pretty, bro. Yeah. And I guess what we're ultimately saying is until you start to realize that who's on the other side of that is far greater than what's going to be revealed about you. Yeah. You'll always struggle to embrace it. Yep. Totally. And so it's just like it, the, the contrast of like the, like who Jesus is, like he is the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. He is the one from the father. He is part of the Godhead. Like he had a face-to-face relationship, you know, like he came and you would think like, yeah, man, here's this dude. And he's amazing. Yeah. It's like, holy crap. Like, yeah, like, let's just all shut up and just listen to what he has to say. He rose like, from the grave, bro. <laughs> it's like, one of and, those, even bu- and even before what, that, he just what part of this are we not getting? <laughs> Dude, wait till you wait till you see the rest of this uh, letter roll out here soon. It's going to be like at every turn, this dude is getting challenged at every turn. Let's These hit it, dudes man. just do not want to listen to what because we know there's one verse in there we got to get to. Well, it's going to get it. I guarantee you, you're going to get annoyed with the whole Pharisee narrative because it's like, dude, these guys will just not quit like pushing back. So he who comes from above is overall better than all greater than all, but most didn't receive him. But verse 33, whoever receives his testimony, whoever receives the testimony of Jesus has set his seal to this, that God is true. Anyone who trusts in Jesus finds himself on the side of God. 
that he is the truth and that he brings the truth. Why is that the case? Well, verse 34, for he whom God has sent, that's Jesus, utters the words of God, for he gives the spirit without measure. Mm-hmm. And so I love this little Trinitarian. You see, I don't know if you caught it there, but both the, all, all three, the son, the father, and the spirit are yeah. all mentioned here in verse 34. For he whom God sent, that's the son, the father, utters the words of God. It's that whole thing that Jesus said, like, I don't do anything on my own. I just watch what my dad's doing. I watch what he's saying Mm. and I repeat it. Right. I love that. Why? Because he gives the spirit without measure. Um, The spirit is the helper in terms of this whole moving from darkness into light, in terms of this whole, like understanding the love of God, the length, depth, breadth, width, height of the the Mm -hmm. love of God, that whole experience is a work of the spirit. And what John is saying here is in terms of the help needed, that gift that he was talking about, Mm -hmm. the gift needed, the help needed to understand that Jesus gives the spirit, the father and the son send the spirit and they give without measure. So it's not like here's this container, right? That's like the spirit. And like, we're getting out like little, like, teaspoon measures like you get a little bit you get a little bit plus a little bit more the the spirit is poured out on all flesh acts 217 the prophecy one day the spirit is going to be poured out on all flesh and that's happened and is happening and and god is wooing people to the light from the darkness but i think sometimes like in our 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 love of that control thing man it's always there that addiction to religion, I guess you could say. We have a hard time with this spirit who gives loud measure because in our minds, there's always like, well, I don't want to run out here and what we're giving out to people. Going back to your cheap grace thing. Sure. Yeah. It's like, well, it, this is grace upon grace upon grace. Go back to like, what was that episode three in this whole John series here? Yeah. It's like the bidet, bro. It's, it's, it's a marker. It's never ending. It just, and if, keeps you, if you know that, that reference, coming. you know, you know what I mean? It just keeps on coming or we're afraid of like what people will do with it. Mm -hmm. Again, we don't understand this, this giving beyond measure. You know, when Jesus refers to the spirit, like he tells us, you know, that the spirit's going to testify to all truth. He is truth. That's that, that's the spirit's job in the world. And he's going to do this without measure. He's going to pour it out on all creation and just keep pouring it out because that's the reality of, who God is, and that's the that's the role of the Spirit. And Jesus goes on and tells us that you know whenever He's lifted up, all men will be drawn up, you know, to Him. Mm-hmm. And I look at this what you're unpacking so far, and this God who gives without measure, and what He's holding up for us. And then I look at like what's often done in the name of you know the gospel and God and the Spirit's work, and I'm like, yeah, it doesn't feel like giving without measure. Mm. I feel like oftentimes what we're holding up for the world to look at is the opposite of what Jesus has actually said and done. It's the opposite of the, of the God who's, who's portrayed the God who's revealed in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. The one who gives a grace and a love without measure Hmm. to which case I'm like, if anything is held up in the name of Jesus, that does not draw all people unto himself because of his goodness. The one who gives without measure. 
then I would say that what's being held up is in competition with the spirit of God, not mm. cooperation. Yeah. And there's a vast difference there. Yeah. yeah what I feel like you're showing is, is, is the work of the spirit that's, that's holding up the son who gives a grace and a love that goes without measure. And man, that really does draw people who are at the end of their rope to him. Well, and in John three, it's almost like this idea of like, God is but not you don't find that today. No, he's Go not ahead. withholding anything. Yes. That's my he's point. not even he giving just a portion. He's not given a portion of himself. Yeah. Like God has gone all in on the world, yep. all in. And we don't have to wonder where he stands as it relates to you. You, if you're listening right. to this podcast, you do not have to wonder the position of God towards you. He's already showed his cards. He's already showed his whole hand is laid bare in the yep. sending of his son. The terms and the conditions of this new deal, which is I do everything on your behalf in my love and in my son. <laughs> I'm just inviting you simply to just say yes. To believe. To just like the last episode. Of, just a two take a step yes. of faith. Just take that step. And I'm giving my spirit without measure, who's an inner helper that gets on the inside of who you are, the inside of your darkness, the lies that you've believed about who God is, the lies you've believed about yep. yourself to help you, to draw you into the light of the sun, which gives life to everyone. You yep. don't have to wonder what, where he's at when it relates to you. He has showed his hands. He has given freely in full measure, everything of himself to the world without measure. And it's like, no wonder it. why it ends the, this section here. It ends the way it ends. He says for the father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. Meaning from now on, the father is just trusting the son in all things. Everything is handed over to him. Whoever believes in the sun has currently has already has eternal life showing you that eternal life is not about a quantity of days that one day you will experience whoever believes in the sun currently has eternal life. Um, whoever does not obey the sun shall not see life but the wrath of God remains on him. So just a couple of things. One is I was reading somebody recently that said, John rarely references the kingdom. Whereas like Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about the kingdom quite a bit. John's shorthand for kingdom is eternal life. It's life itself. And we've already shown what he's talking about. It just means a life lives saying yes to him. A life lives just being open and saying yes to him it's a quality of life it's a life that leads to recline rest the fruit of life knowing that there's no condemnation the fruit that comes man just the joy that comes from knowing that everything is a gift come down from above and that 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 dude that leads to a certain quality of life knowing this son knowing this father knowing this spirit so I thought that was a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. But I want to do just a little textual work here because I know um, some people are try- probably trying to, you know, th- th- those who uh, those who think that we peddle cheap grace probably want us to explain a little bit here at the end of this passage. 
It says, for the father loves the son and has given all things to him in his hand. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see life. Really, really quick. It, obey there is in context of trusting. It's in context of believing. We know from John 6, the whole crowd is saying, what are the works of God that we should be doing? Show us, give us a list of the works of God so that we can do the works of God, so that we can enter the kingdom, live the kingdom life, whatever. And Jesus gives one simple answer, believe in whom the father has sent. That's the work of God. Yeah. So obey Which is a translation for the word will. Yes. What is the will of God? So yep. whoever does not obey the son shall not see life. Meaning when we... we to disobey the son is to not trust in him. It's synonymous with that. Also notice if it was believe and obey, it would read in verse 36, whoever believes and obeys the son has eternal life. We're really just talking about trusting here in a similar way, how the writer of Hebrews refers to the word sin constantly in context of unbelief. That's what the writer of Hebrews refers to as unbelief. He refers to it as sin. Yeah. Yeah, which is in a contrast to like Romans, which is dealing with, you know, sin in some, you know, instances is like identity, mm -hmm. you know, noun. And I think I think it's easy to forget that the, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of questions about like, you know, the will of God in this, the will of God in this, the will of God in this. Well, what's the will of God about this? And what's the will of God about my church? And what's the will of God about ministry? And what's the will of God about my future? Where do I go to college? What job should yeah. I take? And before long, you wind up with this idea of the will of God is like this dot in the middle of a maze. And the whole Christian life is 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 walking along all these like jagged edges of cliffs, mm -hmm. you know, what I mean, and through swamps and over hills and challenges to get there. And that's the will of God. And we forget that. No, in John six, as you already referenced, which I just feel like it's just important to double down on the will of God. The works of God is that we believe in the son in whom he sent. This is Jesus's words, not ours. Right. What's the will of God? Yeah. That you trust him. Yeah. That's the will of God. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt like we needed to just clarify that because some people can take yeah. these passages and be like, well, if you, man, if you don't obey the son, like you're not going to see, you're not going to see life. Well, it's like, yeah. yeah, well, if you're hard heartedly resisting this light, you're not going to see this life. Because you've already determined in your head and heart, you don't want to see this light. You don't want to hear about this light. You don't want anything to do with it. You'd rather stay in the cozy place of the darkness of your own, whether it be your the rebellion, your religion of your rebellion, or the religion of your religion, trying to come up with your own light. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, but it's all about your last, righteousness at the end of the day. This last phrase, I just want to tackle. So whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. That quality of life knowing that dude, like no condemnation. I'm, I'm his, I'm welcomed. I've already been home free. This light was better than I thought it was going into this thing. Um, whoever does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And I just want to just, just share a few comments on, but the wrath of God remains on him. I want to challenge everyone and we've dealt with this in the, in the, in the parable series quite a bit, but I'm going to challenge everyone with a thought. Do not separate love and wrath. I think there's this tendency we have to separate love and wrath and put them on different sides of this. Like di they're diametrically opposed to one another. On one side you have love and on the other side you have wrath. 
we just got done in the last episode looking at John 3.16, for God so loved the world. It is not up for debate whether or not God loves the world. Everyone in the world there refers not to like the terra matter of the world, but people, all people, all places, all times, right? He loves the world. So here's my challenge. See wrath and anger as flowing out of love as anger and wrath would just a good dad. There's nothing more frustrating than a child or a friend that doesn't trust my words or believe my words, especially one that I love deeply. It hurts like the worst. It hurts the worst. So to to those who don't obey the son, trust the son. I think God decidedly and undeniably loves you. And I think as far as God is concerned, based on what he's done in Christ, He's already showed his hand. You are forgiven. You are reconciled. You are included. You are seated at his table. He's already done the definitive historical move to make that happen in his son. And there is an anger that is rooted in that love for you that exists and remains for those who continually resist the testimony of Jesus. It's an anger rooted in that love. And if that resistance to God and his ongoing ministry, the spirit he gives without measure, all of the effort of God in your life to speak to you quietly in your heart and in your life to constantly draw you, if that resistance to God and that ongoing ministry persists, that resistance to the spirit who is given without measure, then you will get what you want at the end of this life. You will get what you wanted in this life, which is separation. And any good dad, especially the father of all, for we all are his children, would be devastatingly furious over the self-made destruction of one of his kids. And I think if we see wrath in that way as rooted in love, I think that that's more true to the Trinitarian nature of the father. It's more true to what we're seeing in John, the overall testimony of the light and the love of God to see it as something rooted in his love. I think sometimes in the unbelief of that, we turn to fear tactics in regards to who God is and what that verse means so that people will bow their knee and say, okay, Jesus, your Lord. But as I was saying earlier, any tactic that's, that's used to uphold Jesus to draw men to himself is either in cooperation with the spirit or it's in competition. If it's in cooperation, I think it's going to land on the indiscriminate and inexhaustible acceptance that's found in Jesus. And I think that kind of woo brings us to the end of our rope, in which case we go, man, in light of what's actually needed and what God's like and how well I fare in this, dude, it's Jesus or bust. This ain't complicated. Yeah. But for everyone else who refuses that, who chooses willfully the darkness because they refuse to accept the million-dollar gift that's in their pocket if they would just simply move their hand. That's a different story. And being a father of a five-year-old is one thing, which I am. But I'm also the father of a 21- and 24-year-old. I won't bore you with details. I love my kids and they're great, but 
Like there's moments with them, just like there's moments with anybody, moments with myself, man, of right unbelief and doubt. When I was 20 years old, I was a hellion in my backstory. I won't bore you with the details, but I remember my father telling me when I was 20 years old that he used to go to his room sometimes when I was a teenager and he would pull out a picture of me when I was a baby. And he told me when I was a young man with a, a wife and a newborn, he said, yeah, Russ, the thing that saved you was your baby picture. I used to go in the room, take a look at it, calm down, <laughs> and then come back out and try to deal with things accordingly. It was just the long and short of that, man. It's just a love for me and seeing what he was really trying to say, man. And so fast forward to being my older kids are 21 and 24. And there are these moments where my heart just breaks. Mm. Cause I'm like, what are you thinking? Or what are you doing in this? Or yeah. Right. So there well, is it's sadness. This, it's anger. It's, it's frustration. Sadness, it's an all anger, over anger. Yeah. It's a frustration. Cause I'm like, you're running in, you're running in a myth. Yeah. That's not true. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Jesus is showing us here. Yeah. And if you want to choose the myth and pursue it for all eternity, right? You'll get what you want, as you mentioned. Yeah. If you want to deny the reality of my love and acceptance of you, well, then you can live in the separation that you want. Mm -hmm. But damn, what a freaking shame it'd be for you to miss out on the party. Yeah. Because I already brought it to your doorstep. Mm -hmm. I think that's what he's saying. Yep. And I think that's, yeah, I don't think there's anything more to add to that. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.